The year 1992 poses a critical moral and cultural challenge for the more privileged sectors of the world-dominant societies. The challenge is heightened by the fact that within these societies, notably the first European colony liberated from imperial rule, popular struggle over many centuries has achieved a large measure of freedom, opening many opportunities for independent thought and committed action. How this challenge is addressed in the years to come will have fateful consequences. October 11, 1992, brings to an end the 500th year of the Old World Order, sometimes called the Colombian Era of World History, or the Vasco da Gama Era, depending on which adventurers bent on plunder got there first, or the 500-Year Reich, to borrow the title of a commemorative volume that compares the methods and ideology of the Nazis with those of the European invaders who subjugated most of the world. The major theme of this old world order was a confrontation between the conquerors and the conquered on a global scale. It has taken various forms and been given different names, imperialism, neo-colonialism, the north-south conflict, core versus periphery, G7, the seven leading state capitalist industrial societies, and their satellites versus the rest, or more simply, Europe's conquest of the world. By the term Europe, we include the European settled colonies, one of which now leads the crusade. In accord with South African conventions, the Japanese are admitted as honorary whites, rich enough to almost qualify. Japan was one of the few parts of the South to escape conquest and, perhaps not coincidentally, to join the Corps, with some of its former colonies in its wake. That there may be more than coincidence in the correlation of independence and development is suggested further by a look at Western Europe, where parts that were colonized followed something like the Third World Path. One notable example is Ireland, violently conquered, then barred from development by the free trade doctrines selectively applied to ensure subordination of the South, today called structural adjustment, neoliberalism, or our noble ideals, from which we, to be sure, are exempt. The discovery of America and that of a passage to the East Indies by the Cape of Good Hope are the two greatest and most important events recorded in the history of mankind. Adam Smith wrote in 1776, What benefits or what misfortunes to mankind may hereafter result from those great events no human wisdom can foresee? But it was possible for an honest eye to see what had taken place. The discovery of America certainly made a most essential contribution to the state of Europe, Smith wrote, opening up a new and inexhaustible market that led to vast expansion of productive powers and real revenue and wealth. In theory, the new set of exchanges should naturally have proved as advantageous to the new as it certainly did to the old continent. That was not to be, however.
The savage injustice of the Europeans rendered an event which ought to have been beneficial to all, ruinous and destructive to several of those unfortunate countries, Smith wrote, revealing himself to be an early practitioner of the crime of political correctness, to borrow some rhetoric of contemporary cultural management. To the natives, both of the East and West Indies, Smith continued, all the commercial benefits which can have resulted from those events have been sunk and lost in the dreadful misfortunes which they have occasioned. With the superiority of force, the Europeans commanded, they were enabled to commit with impunity every sort of injustice in those remote countries.